Assalamu alaikum, welcome to another episode of the Ark of Thoughts podcast. In today's episode, we're carrying on with Cal's stories. Uh, we've still got Cal Isa here with us. Um, so if you've not watched the first episode already, then please go back and watch the first part of the episode. Um, and then you can continue and we can carry on the conversation here. So the next thing that we want to talk about is we've talked about charity abroad um, and helping people who are unfortunately less fortunate than us. Um, but at the same time, I think sometimes we we sort of have this understanding of charities only for abroad. And some people have this mentality of only sending their money to, let's say, for example, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, or sending it to abroad countries. Okay. Um, and whilst this is a good thing, at the end of the day, we are living in Britain. Um, and number we're one, there's poverty fortunate. here. We're very fortunate. Yeah, here. we're very fortunate. Um, number one, there's poverty here, but there's also problems here as well. And we also need to invest within our own communities as well. Um, so I know one of the other things that you do is like the litter picking initiative. Yes. Um, but before we go into that one, right, I forgot on. to mention something else. I do. Well, you probably got my message about football kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To uh, Gambia. Okay. So a cousin of mine, he does. Uh, they do Gambia, and alhamdulillah, like what we do, we we kind of share up the work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll donate towards his. He'll donate towards mine or whatever. There's one thing that we do do, and now Gambia is a. I'll be honest with you. It's probably one of the poorest countries that, you know, when I see the videos and the pictures, probably mm-hmm. one of the poorest countries I've ever come across. Okay. And it's a Muslim country as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. So what we've done over the past few years, we send clothes and stuff. Because I'm involved with the football, um, and every year with my football team, I give last year's football kit to Gambia. Okay. And over the years, it's just like I've been sending more and more kits. And the, the best thing is they send me a message they send me a WhatsApp. Okay. You know, the actual people that receive it, yeah, yeah. they make a lot of people and they send me a WhatsApp, okay. a video or a message and they take a picture of that. We've sent uh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, thank you for the kits and everything. So for the last couple of years, we've been doing it. Now this year, I thought, right, Jalene, let me let me promote it quite quite big. Let me see where I can get. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Alhamdulillah, you know what? We've had a lot of kits. I'm not mention one particular football club. Okay. It's not even an Asian club. Okay. If I mention the name, you'll probably think automatically because of how we were thinking of that area. Millil Football Club. I thought you were going to say that. You know, they've donated 20, between 24 to 28 kits, full okay. kits. Oh, wow. <laughs> not from just... the, yeah. So wow. that's including short socks, mm. tops, jackets, tracksuit bottoms from the age, I think it's from under eight. All the way to like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And then one of my mates, his daughter plays for Man United. Man United. Okay. So he sent Man United a message. So every time he takes his daughter, I need to actually, I was meant to go and pick up some kit. I might just go tonight after I finish from here. I might just go and pick it up. Um, he's been collecting gold, uh, like Man United kit, like mm-hmm. full on Man United gear. Like not even fake, it's yeah, yeah. actually original gear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Alhamdulillah, we've, we've raised a lot of bags. I think the only thing is, though, and I do need help with this, every bag that we send cost us £18. Okay. Now, yes, you've given the football kits or whatever, mm-hmm. but I never asked for money. Mm-hmm. Now, my cousin never asked for money for mm-hmm. these bags, and he always does it out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. But you just think, 18 bags and you're sending over 20 bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, eighteen pounds, and you're sending over twenty bags. How much is that? Yeah, 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 it's a lot of money to come out of somebody's pocket. So if somebody can help with some kind of donations with that, 
that's also something that we do um, that I, I do as well. So this year, Alhamdulillah, we've raised a lot. At the moment, you know, last year I was doing my garden work and yeah, I built yeah. a little outer shed. <laughs> my like at the moment it's just full of footy kits. Okay. But this is like the intention wasn't for you to put all your football stuff in there. I'm like, to <laughs> me. <laughs> so, you know, um, so at the moment, all my stuff is in there. And then I did a lot of the Palestine stuff this year as well, yeah. uh, raising money for Palestine. Um, that in, is in itself, I don't want to go into that one, but play this way. There's some people out there who basically only want the limelight themselves. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much. Okay. Maybe that might be for a future episode, but I'm definitely not going to name the name. Okay. But I kind of uh, just thought, you know what? The best thing is I just do things myself. That way, I don't need to worry. And then you you notice I don't usually broadcast a lot of stuff what I do. I don't like to show off anything. Because mm-hmm. for me, how I do all of this work is one life's too short. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you want to go to Jannat, yeah. You need to be the best you can to please Allah and create a pathway one way or another. And if that means doing the right thing, you have to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to post and broadcast and show off your face on everywhere and say, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. Don't get me wrong, you can take pictures because people do need justification of mm-hmm. where their money's going. Yeah, yeah, But you don't need to broadcast it and say, like, oh, yeah. That's why on Facebook, I've only ever put it up once or mm-hmm. twice. I'll never put it up saying that I'm going here to do that. Because mm. people just look at you in a different way, saying, like, oh, he's only yeah. showing, showing off. That's another thing, social media. People do things just to big themselves up on social mm-hmm. media. Yeah, I think you have to sort of filter um, where where you know that if you were to advertise it, if you were to show it, you weren't really going to get anything. Like, for example, in your case, if you weren't going to get much donations at all and you're just having people just sort of watching for the sake of watching or looking for the sake of looking, then there's no point um, putting it in. That's why most of mine Uh, is all through WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole reason why I say to people, take my number, Mm -hmm. message me, keep a lookout on my WhatsApp status and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I have it very private and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And that's where all my, most of my donations, don't get me wrong, I get one or two on Facebook where they don't have my Mm -hmm. uh, WhatsApp. Um, but what I try to do is try to create the awareness that I am doing it. And mm-hmm. if you need, because if you didn't have my number, you wouldn't have known I'm doing it. Yeah. So the more people get your number, I mean, and then you just promote it. And, you know, there'll be, there's people that were donating that I didn't even think of that person would actually donate to my cause. Mm-hmm. Not in a, like, in a nasty way. Yeah, yeah. We just, you know, you know, when sometimes you go, oh, right, okay, I've not met this person, but... I didn't know that he still had my number. It's mm-hmm. been seven years since I last spoke to him. Yeah. But he still sees my WhatsApp status and everything. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he's messaging me saying, well, can I transfer the money into your account? I was like, eh? Bro, I've not spoken to you in seven years. <laughs> but you've been hiding. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of them. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, we're going to talk about Clean Street Posse. Yeah, Clean Street Posse. So the first thing to probably mention here is the, uh, the Afro wig. So I don't what think many do you people. mean the Afro wig? I don't know what you're about. Yeah, so I don't think many people. It's are the Khabib. This, right? It's the Khabib hat. Was it the Khabib hat? No, it's yeah, not. It's, 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 it's no, it's a papaka. That's Is what it's it? called. Oh. I was gonna get the white one. Right. But then I thought, do I get the white one? I'm too embarrassed to wear it. And you know what? <laughs> I've had it for three years, yeah. Right. And I'm thinking, when can I wear it? When can I wear it? When can I wear it? And my daughter, she's well funny. She just, Papa. Are you seriously gonna go out wearing that hat? I'm like, okay, I'll take you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So you know, one day, one day we did actually go out and yeah. actually put on shoes with me. Yeah. She goes, Papa, take it off. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. I'm like, You're four years old, little kid. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> So, uh, what's your little nickname that you have? I know that on your little, uh, you got the fluorescent vest, don't you? What was the other back? I've forgotten. General Bank Tidy. General Bank Tidy. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that? You did. <laughs> you know what it was? A brother around the corner from us, uh, Iklak. He had his own, like, so me and him started working together. Mm-hmm. So, he had Major Muck. Uh... What was it? He had a f- three names, right? Right. So I said, why don't we create a little team? And we'll add in some extra names, yeah? Mm-hmm. He goes, okay, cool. So, what was, I can't remember what his was, but he had general... I can't remember. So anyway, basically, I said, right, let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. So the thing was, he was... He's quite crazy because on his social media, I don't know how he did it, but he started adding in... Uh, you know, like the, the little pickers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look like a gun, yeah? <laughs> So he's there going around and he's making these little videos, but he's doing these edits where he can add in these little, uh, like, germs and stuff and say, look, here, pow, pow, pow. Like, What's wrong with you? How old are you? He's like, I want to make it fun. I said, right, Chalo, you want to make it fun? Let's do it. So we started doing it. Um, and again, I got a push from my father. Yeah. Um, and I started seeing it as well. And I thought to myself, you know what? I've got a daughter now. I want her to grow up in a nice place mm-hmm. and take pride on where she lives. Yeah, yeah. She started doing it just little areas here, there. And for me, I didn't just do Little Lord. I'm from Little Lord, mm-hmm. right? I live in Little Lord. Mm-hmm. But out of the m- many times I've done it, I've probably only done Little Lord about three or four times. Okay. Out of a possible 50. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because. I don't want people to say that, oh, he's just doing it in his own area. And how I see it, look, Islamically, right? What is it? Cleanliness is half of a faith, yeah? Mm-hmm. So that includes your appearance, your look, your dress, your house, your garden, your street, your neighborhood, your town, your area. All of these things, it, that's, I see it that it is all together. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Little Howard, whether it's Baswell, whether it's Wiltshire, Shadsworth, you know, it doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. still our town. Yeah, yeah. We were born and raised in this town. Mm-hmm. Let's take pride into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, sorry, I'm going on. No, no, you were no, meant to ask the question. You have not even, you've not even asked me a question. I'm just going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you need to say, isn't it? Like, you, it's more about, um, you know, the sort of work that you're doing and stuff like that. Um, I was more interested in the humour, but obviously the... <laughs> Uh, it did give, a, give me a chuckle but <laughs> at the same time obviously like you know the initiative itself is really good at the end of the day litter has been a problem within our community um, and it's really unfortunate that people don't take you know pride in where they live they're happy to just throw their crisp packet or their um, you know what the worst thing for me is Cal you know if you're driving and you know that the guy in front of you, he's had to take away because Bichala is winding his window down and the burger, um, the uh, packaging that he's got, he's lobbed it out the window. That's just, you know, it's a shame that unfortunately people can't just wait until they get to a bin and then put it inside of a bin. Um, why do you think, why do you think that is? Why, what makes a person litter? I think there's a couple of factors that we've got to look at, right? I know one, and uh, many people say this, is education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is something about education where there's, there's certain things that are just 
blatant obvious mm -hmm. yeah when you sat at home mm -hmm. if you got the crisp packet mm -hmm. are you just going to throw it on the floor or are you going to pick it up and go and put it in the bin right so it's the same thing that when you're out on the street mm -hmm. why are you just going to throw it on the floor why don't you just go and put it in the bin mm -hmm. right go up. can you not wait two minutes to until you're walking past the bin just crunch it up and put it in your pocket and just carry on mm. put it in the bin but people just don't think and i think but there is other things that we need to look at and one is educating as in like a hole on the bins mm. for example yeah now some people now it's not their fault right because they've never been brought up that way they don't know mm. yeah. right now you look at this the asian community Mm. So when it comes to plastics, mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. people don't know what's classed as plastic and what can go into that bin and mm. what can't go into that bin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what happens is they've made a mistake, and generally my missus done it once, right? And I rang up the council, and she goes to me, "Well, have you checked your bin?" I said, "No, I haven't." I went out, looked at my bin, I was like, "Oh shh." <laughs> <laughs> I went inside, I go to my missus. You just made me get embarrassed, you know. Because I rang up the council right to kick off, say that, why have you not come and picked up my bin? And then I looked in it and you put this inside the bin, the polystyrene. She goes, well, I don't know which bin it goes in. So I just put it in there. I was like, well, come on, you can't recycle that. So you have to put in the, the red bin. Yeah. But, you know, things like this. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, because they've not collected it, it's built up. Now mm -hmm. that the red bin is basically every two weeks, yeah? Mm -hmm. But then your other, your other bins is basically once Not a month, month. yeah? So people don't know what to put in. And if they don't get collected once, you've had and it. You've had it. Yeah. You've had it. So it builds up. It builds up. It builds yeah, up. Yeah. There's that. Then you've also got the issue of the elderly. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know we can say there's well, there's a recycling center in Blackburn, mm -hmm. or there's a recycling center wherever wherever they live, right? Mm -hmm. But you've also got to take in consideration that person might not drive. Mm -hmm. So how are they going to get there? Yeah, Who yeah. did they call? A taxi driver ain't going to take somebody's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can call a taxi, but he ain't going to take your rubbish just because you wanted to think it, right? Mm -hmm. There's companies out there who are raw companies. So they promote saying, I will get rid of your waste. Mm -hmm. And people have been fined because what's happened is they've taken the waste, they've paid that person, and that person has just gone around the corner, found a spot and thought, right, I'll just dump it inside there. So when they found some information inside there, the person who's actually booked this person mm -hmm. gets charged for it because he's yeah, got yeah. their details in and not the... The company that they booked mm. so you got to take that into consideration mm -hmm. yeah um then it's also like i think the council especially and i think the litter got worse over this pandemic period okay because the council decided to close the recycling centers oh yeah and then it was appointment basis and people couldn't wait mm -hmm. so all of these things that you've got to take into consideration that these are the reasons why people were doing it so when we started doing our litter picking um my initial thought was right let's create a bit of a team let's go to different areas let's create a little area group community group so a little old, we had one so me my dad and there was a couple of the councillors on there um and a few members from little old so they were all joining in so every sunday we were like saturday sunday mm -hmm. right Jalal, let's go down yeah and let's just do a group collective pick and it might be street after street after street yeah, yeah? yeah. my aim was right so I did different areas. So I went to Shadsworth. Okay. When I did Shadsworth, um, it was basically Whiteberg Road, the back alley. Honestly, 
Oh, I don't even know how to explain it, but that Ali was absolutely disgusting. And somebody sent me, and one of my mates, Abdul Fuller, uh, childhood friend, he sends me and goes, Cal, you know, you're doing this litter picking. I want to get on board. Uh, I want to get on board. Can you come down to, like, give us a hand and, like, Jalu, let's do our area. I said, okay, Jalu. I said, get a few family members or a few people from your area. Mm-hmm. I'll come over and we'll, I'll help you out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went down. We hit one, one alley. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you, that alley. It took us two weekends, two Sundays. Mm-hmm. The first time, I think we had about 30, between 35 to 50 people cleaning oh, that alley. Wow. Yeah. And they weren't just from that area. The best thing was when I promoted it, I promoted it and I had people from Witten coming down. I had people from Baswell, Woolley Range, Little Harwood, every different area. And we wanted to create a little group. And everyone was like, okay, chill, let's just muck in as a thingy community. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And there was the youngest, it was a, a reverted sister, mm-hmm. Muslim. Um, she come down, and I'm not going to lie to you. She had her baby. You know, like you get that vest. The thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She had the baby in there and she litter picking. Wow. And the place where she did it was probably the worst of the worst in that, in that back alley. Mm. And then we had a elderly gentleman and his wife they were in their 70s so what we were trying to do our aim was to knock on the doors of that street yeah. and say to them look we're going to come down on this day yeah. can you give us a hand cleaning this back alley it's yeah. your back alley yeah. it's not ours yeah, yeah. but we want you to help out the reason being if you help out now you will take more pride yeah. and more like if somebody comes and does something wrong you will report it where if I come and clean it up for you, Saki, we'll just put it outside. They're going to come and clean it yeah, up for yeah, us. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to go into that. So we knocked on so many neighbours' doors on that, on that street. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, Percentage-wise, I would say probably about 11 12% come out of about 100% to okay. come and help us. Yeah, yeah. I was annoyed. Yeah. At the same time, I spoke to the councillors. And mm-hmm. I said to the councillors, please, can you... We will go and do the work. Mm. All I need you to do is raise the awareness with these residents. Mm. Come and knock on the doors for us. Mm-hmm. When you go there as an official capacity, they might yeah, feel obliged yeah. to help you. Yeah. Right? They might think that Jolo, he's taking more pride into my community. Come on, let's go and help out. Mm-hmm. Not interested. We did over 400 bags in that one back alley. Mm-hmm. And the amount of fly tip, if I was to put all of that into bags, I would probably say another thousand bags oh. in one, one, one back alley. Mm. Then what we did, we switched the street. Once we done that one back alley, we went to opposite. Mm. There we ran into a bit of problems with one of the shopkeepers, Musulman. The way he treated us, I just thought, you know what, bro, you need to learn some respect. I'll be honest with you. But what he did, we were basically, we had a big group, we've gone out. We're cleaning up his back alley. Mm-hmm. He's come out, he's got out of his car, and he's bringing these bags. And he sees us cleaning up. He just comes and dumps them. <laughs> Everybody's looking at this guy. And I was just like, you can't be sick. Are you, are you just joking with us? Are you just winding us up? He's come. I looked at him and I thought, nobody else is speaking up. Well, I need to speak up, yeah. <laughs> and this guy's quite a big guy, yeah. He's quite an intimidating guy. And I'm thinking, yeah. I need to speak up. So I go, Brother, what are you doing? He goes, uh, for this. I said, what do you pay for, brother? He goes, uh, I pay for this. I said, pay for what? Uh, it's my rubbish. I said, yeah, it's your rubbish, but where are you putting it? He goes, well, I pay for this. I said, brother, 
I don't see no bin there. What are you paying for? What mm. services are you paying for? Because mm. what you're doing, you're putting the rubbish there. Mm. And from you leaving that rubbish there, it's attracting other people to put their rubbish there. Mm. All right. Now, luckily, we had another group coming down because they joined on, these young lads, mm. lovely lads. Um, they're on Facebook, DJ Corey, and they, they call themselves Blackman Cleaners. Okay. Um, they're from Shadsworth. He come down with a... You know the big speakers, the portable ones and the big <laughs> microphone. Yeah, yeah. So the funny thing is, he comes on. So he's playing some music. And next thing, when he sees this guy, this young lad, kind of give him, he's probably about 13. He gets on the mic. He goes, Oi, Oi, you, I've got you on camera. Look. <laughs> and he goes, Pick up your rubbish and go take it to her. <laughs> the guy just looked at him and you could see the like the anger in his face. Like, mm. oh, this kid's got me on camera, yeah? So then he's come back and he goes, well, what do you want me to do with this rubbish? I said, well, go and put it with our lot. Mm. This is the first time I will do it, but you shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Um, go and put it with... Anyway, he's gone and done it, comes back. Brother, can you give me a couple of bags, the red bags? Because you know the council are very specific in Blackburn that you have yeah, to use yeah. the red bags, yeah. yeah? So I said, okay, yeah, I give him about five or six bags. Anyway, he's gone back into his shop. He's bought some sweets out for the kids, especially mm. these kids. He's not the one who's oh, thinking, right, yeah. trying to sweet talk him, saying that, don't, please don't send it in. Yeah, yeah. He's gone inside. Uh, he's bought this out. And then what's happened is we've carried on. Next thing, the guy's just swiped the whole red roll and he's going to use it for his own shop. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, whoa. So anyway, he's come back out. And as he's getting into his car, um, he goes to me, what are you doing this litter picking for? So I told him, like, I've just explained the reasons why. I said, look, I want to make this town. I said, I'm not even from here. Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, oh, people are just going to come and dump it again. Mm. So then I got to him, all oh, right, okay. I said, does not matter? They come and dump it, I'll come and clean it again. Mm. He goes, but why would you do that? That's just stupid. I said, you ever hear the story about the Prophet Sallallahu and the woman that you, he used to walk past? Do you know, do you know which one yeah. I'm on about? Yeah. But every time he walked past, she used to throw yeah. rubbish and abuse him and all that stuff. This is where my conversation ended with him. He turns and goes, bro, who told you this story? I said, what do you mean who told you this story? I said, everybody knows about this story. Brother, this story is absolutely fabricated. It's not even hadith. I don't even know where you're coming out with this. It's absolutely nonsense. Go back to your scholars and question them because this is not hadith. I just looked at him and I was just like, why are you being so aggressive? Why are you being like, I'm trying to do some good work. Why are you being so nasty to me and the group? We're cleaning up your street. Mm. It's not even like we don't even live on this street. We're cleaning up your street and you'll be nasty to it. Mm. Soon as he said that, I just looked at him and I, I said, okay, brother, thank you very much. I said, I've got to carry on doing my work. And I just walked away. And then, to be honest, I did actually report it to the council. Mm -hmm. um, well, not the council itself. I spoke to the uh, councillor. Mm -hmm. Whether he put in a report, I don't know. But I did my duty. And then what I've noticed over time is that every time we were doing certain areas, mm -hmm. people started taking more and more advantage because mm -hmm. they knew that we were coming over to clean up. Instead mm -hmm. of coming them coming out and wanting to educate and saying, okay, brother, can you just explain to me where does this go or where does that go? They were just thinking, Jolo, do you know what? I've got excess rubbish here. I'll yeah. just put it in a bag. Let me just dump it outside. Yeah. They'll come and clean it. So in a way, the last couple of months, I've been like a bit of a... I've been a bit lazy. Well, not lazy. Yeah. I've just been a bit disheartened by the work yeah, that's been going on. Naturally. Naturally, you're going to be, isn't it? Um, when somebody does that and takes advantage of you, then automatically it, it it takes you away from the work that you want to do. I think this is, a, this is a big problem within our society that at the end of the day, those people who are doing something good, 
even if you can't help or give a helping hand yourself, you should at least try to encourage them or yeah. not make the problem worse. Yes. At the very least, at the very least, if you can't do something, then don't make the problem worse. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a thing that we all need to take on board. Not everybody has the ability to do or not everybody has the time to do or not everybody feels like they want to do. Okay, Let, let's be honest here. There are a lot of people that you might have gone and knocked on the door and they don't want to do it. Yeah, they don't yeah, want to leave yeah, the house yeah. and stuff. Which, you know, fair enough at the end of the day. Well, not fair enough, but you know what I mean, right? I but... To be honest, I find it quite therapeutic, you know. You know, yeah. like when you see the before and after, and you think, well, yeah, I've yeah, done that. Yeah, yeah. I've cleaned that up. You get this, in like, inside it, you feel the satisfaction that, oh, yeah, you know what, I've cleaned that. Look how nice it looks. Now, mm. let's just hope they keep it that way. Yeah, but yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't work. And I do, sounds harsh this, but I do find that Asian areas have been hit a lot more harder than the non-Asian areas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that comes down to many factors. Mm-hmm. One, we are, and we do have to take this into consideration, we are over uh, thinking like packed with the housing compared to other places. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at Little Old, for example, you look, you look at how many houses are just on Warrington Street, Bayswood Street and Providence Street. Mm. Just that in itself, how many houses are there? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, this all comes down to like socioeconomic issues and unfortunately within our own community and stuff, we, we don't have the money um and we are i think we've talked about this recently myself and kasim where we've talked about um our own demographic as muslims british asians um not just asian muslims but all muslims in general that are living within this country unfortunately are from like the lower end in terms of their socioeconomic um demographics so we, we're basically from the You're poor using some big words now i don't, right? know, I don't know what they mean it's essentially like <laughs> No we're, from, we're from more of the working class areas yeah, or yeah, we yeah. are from more working yeah, class families yeah. and unfortunately our families don't have enough money so we can't you know move out of these areas because we're in a constant cycle of you know we're not getting the opportunities or we're not taking the opportunities and therefore we're not working our way up within within systems or earning higher salaries and stuff um, that's something that, but, we, that, I, that, that I've mentioned in the past where we as Asians have to work 10 times as hard yeah, yeah. in a workplace yeah. than somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, like, I see that as a challenge for us. Whilst we should be trying to get equality, no doubt about it, right? But we've got to be realistic as well that that change is not going to happen within one year, two years, five years. So in that meantime, like, for example, Cal, you've got uh, you've got a kid and you've got another one coming as well. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah, I've got one as well, okay? Um, the way that we see it is... I know you made me a granddad. At <laughs> 22, you made me a granddad. <laughs> Um, but like our goal is that inshallah for our kids generations then inshallah the problem of racism and like um, unconscious biases and stuff will will inshallah start to be resolved or be resolved but we know that it's not going to happen within our years of working right so that's why we've got to double up and put more effort in yeah Um, I think there's going to be other things that's going to hit them not just racism mm -hmm. in the long term yeah but that's a different subject in it that's a subject in itself in it (laughs) but let's Let's leave it at that for now, Cal. Um, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Uh, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. I have. Um, I am going to mention one thing. Oh. I want to come back on the show okay. to talk about something else. Okay. This is another line of work that I do, Okay. which is gaming and gambling. Okay. Um, something that I look into uh, quite with a passion um, yeah. within the Asian community, within the BAME community. Yeah. It's uh, basically... I think there's a massive need and there's a stigma attached to gambling mm-hmm. 
um, mental health and uh, gaming. Now, when I mean gaming, people might just think, what do you mean by gaming? Is it what just playing? No. What we mean by gaming is the, the loot boxes. Okay. So, you know, like, for example, FIFA, FIFA mm -hmm. points. Yeah. Fortnite, I've never played Fortnite, but what's on Fortnite? Is it something similar to loot boxes? You need to unlock something and you need to pay Potentially currency. No. You need to yeah. pay money. Okay, yeah for digital currency or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's that and then there's Forex trading mm -hmm. and all of these things. But that I do want to come back on and talk about because yeah, yeah. it is something that's massive. And I've got a friend of mine mm -hmm. um, who's actually really good. And the thing was, I'm sure he won't mind me saying it uh, because he's very open about it. He's Hafiz. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, some of the things that happened to him he ended up going down this route himself. Mm -hmm. He was working in a madrasa at the time, like a, um, it was like a Darul type, okay. madrasa school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the other Molanas found out mm -hmm. that he was gambling. Mm -hmm. Instead of this Molana going out to say, let's open the doors and let's teach him and let's help him, mm -hmm. this Molana went to go and broadcast it in the hall of the madrasa. Mm -hmm. So he basically exposed him in front of the other Molanas, the other teachers, uh, students, everybody knew about it. Mm -hmm. Then within the community, it got out. Mm -hmm. Now what happened was, instead of him getting the help that he needed, mm -hmm. he got worse. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to leave it as that because when he comes in, he can explain the whole story to you. Yeah, I think um, they're really, really important point. I'm glad you mentioned that, Cal, because I forgot. Sorry, man. Um, but at the end of the day, the whole the reason for myself and Kasim, who unfortunately isn't here today, um, Kal's taking his place today. Um, but the whole reason that Kasim and I decided to start this podcast was to have these difficult conversations, and they're not easy conversations, Kal. We know that, yeah. Um, they are difficult conversations, but at the end of the day, these are taboo subjects, but they are subjects which are affecting people within our communities, and not just like individuals. You know, you mentioned your friend, obviously, but it's not just him, and we know yes, it's not just yes, him. Yes, we know that we need more exists. people. Yeah, we um, need more people to come out in the open. Yeah, I'm not being judged. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you have an addiction. I think this is the thing that at the end of the day, look, these things are wrong. We're not saying that they're not wrong, and we're not trying to, you know, mollycoddle somebody or. We're not trying to make it out that it's not something that's bad. What we're saying is we want to find solutions, Cal. That's what we're trying to uh, talk about, isn't it? That how can we help those people who unfortunately have problems within our society and make them or help them come away from their addictions and, and make them into better people, yeah. um, essentially, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. But like I said, we'll leave that for another time, inshallah. Jazakallah yeah, uh, sure. for coming. Jazakallah uh, khair for listening. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed the episode. And especially if you've enjoyed this episode with Carl, then uh, please leave a comment down below um, telling us how much you love him. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, and tell, tell me what you think about his uh, his nickname, General Bang Tidy. Um, love to hear your thoughts, inshallah. Uh, I think I'll have to come up with my Kabiba next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to come up with my Papaka. Yeah. <laughs> General Bang Tidy might have to make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.